the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. All cops are racist. Now, these are just counter-protesters. These are just, these aren't anybody that we should worry about. Um, you know, there are thousands of them on the streets. Uh, and, you know, some of them actually kidnapping and holding against their will federal agents. But they're just counter-protests. They're peaceful protesters. Uh, what we should care about are the 24 Nazis that, sh- that showed up over the weekend for the uh, Unite the Right rally. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you know, the right really doesn't want to uh, unite uh, with Nazis, uh, you know, especially, you know, we have a problem with the anti-Semitism part. We have a problem. You know, I don't know if anybody in the press has noticed this, but it's the left that seems to be against Israel. It is the right that is for Israel and for Jews right to live and exist. I don't know if anybody caught that in the media. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much those on the right do not want to unite with people who hate Jews. I just thought I'd throw that one in. Uh, that's just a side note. That one is my free gift to you today. So we also have a problem with, um, you know, uniting with people who believe in national socialism. (laughs) I know, I know. It sounds so Ronald Reagan, but it's actually not. So anyway, 12 people or 24 people show up to this rally uh, and thousands that are dressed in black and carrying signs about, you know, how racist the cops are. Supposedly, this is the peaceful uh, rally this weekend in Charlottesville. Uh, Antifa members made their show of force. All cops are racist. They also had cops and clan go hand in hand. That one's catchy. Isn't that a song? Stu, do you remember? That's, I think that's an American standard. <laughs> um, last year, they came with torches. This year, they come with badges. That's not, not quite as good. Not quite as good. And not true. Um, but why would the media want to cover that? When you have 24 Nazis. Clearly a movement that is sweeping the nation. Naturally, uh, they said all these things under the protection of the police. I don't know how our police do it. I really don't know how they stand between Nazis and Antifa. And uh, everybody on both sides hates them. And they have to stand there and protect both sides. God bless our police officers. The Charlottesville protests or counter protests as the mainstream media describes them now, supposedly a defiant opposition to this weekend's Unite the Right rally in Washington, D.C., which Vox describes thusly, quote, after last year's disaster in Charlottesville, very few white nationalists showed up to the follow up rally in Washington, D.C. Now, isn't this a good thing? How is this possibly a disaster? This is a good thing. Now, while the D.C. rally was uh, largely mm, pathetic, Antifa made sure to keep the hatred alive in Charlottesville. Footage has emerged of Antifa protesters assaulting reporters. You know, you know, it's crazy. (laughs) Who would have seen this coming? 
you know, Jim Acosta gets up and he's like, hey, they're saying CNN sucks. They're CNN sucks. That could cause violence. <laughs> and then look what happens. Oh, violence against the press. <laughs> Except it's from the left. Huh. I don't think anybody in Antifa has attended and been cheering at the Donald Trump rallies. I wonder where they got that idea. You and the media should put on your little your little reporter's hat and put your badge on and say, come on, Judy, we got to go out and find out the real story. Lots of footage. We can't play most of it because there is so much profanity. Uh, and not just, I mean, not Little League profanity. I mean, stuff that nobody uh, should be saying. Uh, some of it at odds with the so-called progressive approach to Antifa, which is surprising to me. I, I really thought these were good, decent people. Antifa is demanding that their message be heard. Unfortunately, we can't play any of their message because it's filthy. But they're oddly aggressive at a time... Um, you know, that the uh, that the media is embracing them. Media arrives to document them, really isn't said anything bad about them. They're saying, we want our message to be heard. And then they cut the wires of the media. So I'm not, these, I'm, you keep saying you want to be heard. I do not think it means what you think it means. The truly confounding part of it all is the media seems incapable of reporting any facts. First of all, the counter-protesters? I mean, that is brilliant use of, you know, passive voice logic, isn't it? So Antifa, they're always the ones acted upon. Never the aggressors. No, no, no. Not Antifa. They're there. They're they're protesting the protesters. <laughs> yes. They seem unable to admit that Antifa and leftist groups uh, like it. Uh, and uh, they are hate-spewing, violence-driven threats to our democracy they just can't they just can't bring themselves to uh, say that about antifa i don't know why here's the truth they're a cancer their ultimate aim is to overthrow america itself they hate police <laughs> don't take my word for it just listen to them they hate capitalism they hate america they hate the press the odds are they hate you. Yet the media portrays them with the misguided fondness of a clueless parent. Oh, kids will be kids. We'll go into many of these ideas in greater detail later today and tomorrow. But for now, let's just say the sickness that is Antifa is gaining power. The right-wing Nazi movement never really had any power. It was a flash in the pan. Yes, there are Nazis out there. Are they dangerous? Sure. But Antifa is the actual growing threat to the nation right now, and they're gaining power, and we need to at least talk about it. Because who knows? Who knows NBC, ABC, CBS, New York Times? Who knows who they'll be coming for next? It's Monday, August 13th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know who needs to be silenced? Gavin McGinnis. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he's got to be silenced. Hmm. 
he's uh, he said something. I'm not sure what, uh, but he said something recently. And uh, so he's got to be banned. Got to be banned. Well, first of all, Gavin, Gavin McGinnis is a uh, he was the co-founder of Vice. And you know what a hate mongering site that is, right? Okay. Um, he also uh, he's a comedian. He says some pretty vile things. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't. I, I don't know him. So maybe he is a closeted racist. I don't know. Um, but I've seen a lot of his stuff, and a lot of comedians. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, God forbid. Uh, but he says some things that are, yeah, politically incorrect. And uh, I remember a lot of comedians saying a lot of the same stuff. Now, they're all cowards now, so they won't actually say anything uh, that is actually funny. Um, but I don't know if he's a racist or not. He's 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 taken off of Twitter. He was banned uh, this weekend because uh, of his constant call for violence. So it sounds pretty bad. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Doesn't it? You shouldn't constantly be calling for violence. Yeah. I mean, people need to rest. <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of risks right. that you would need to take during right. the day. Well, I don't think you should call for violence myself. Oh, okay. I don't think well, you should call for violence. But I just I, and you know what? I am so supportive of this banning of voices. Um, and by the way, unrelated uh, two thirty this afternoon, we're having a book burning. Come on by. Usually we do book signings, but my book is coming out in a couple of weeks. I'll ask you to come and uh and 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 buy that book a little and, buy and burn yeah well not my book to this week we're going to burn books uh then i'm going to put the right kind of book out okay but uh, two o'clock this afternoon join us for the uh the book burning <laughs> anyway uh i am so supportive of everybody just banning speech because it's really going to work out it's going to work out i mean there's nothing like if we could just if we could just ban all speech that we don't like then we won't have any idea what's going on around us. You know, when people are just protesting and stuff, you'll be like, what are they protesting? I don't know, because I haven't been able to find out who this group is. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's going to a lot of healing is coming our way. It does seem, though, like the only way to really make social media safe if as if no words can appear on it. So if we were to just ban people from posting, to social media then there would be no controversial things that would ever be up there and it would be safe a safe space for all of us you notice that twitter has gotten worse since they um you know since they expanded from 144 was 144 characters 140 to 280 right yeah so 140 characters it was very it was dangerous at 140 280 it's insane uh, that's it's why like an, it's like an assault tweet. That's it, why I'm it, back in the day. It was just tweets. Well, it's a military it's, style. It's, tweet. Yeah, it, it's a military it, style tweet. It is. Uh, and uh, and so I'm uh, that's why I'm suggesting that it's just four characters. No, because oh, we can't have that. You, no, <laughs> it's the one three, number three of char- characters, okay. three character tweets. OK. Uh, and uh, and that includes the hashtag. And anybody you want to uh, tag to follow to see it. We should also point out no abbreviations. No, you no, no, spell no, out no, 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 you have to, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and no threads. <laughs> yes. Now I fixed Twitter. Yeah. Here you, you just added a couple of things. I thought I had fixed it, but you just added a couple of things. Now it's even better. <laughs> it's even better. It, it will be safe for all of us. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because I don't know about you, Stu, but I think people are too stupid to figure it out. 
Don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that, we probably shouldn't be saying this on the national airwaves. Nah, they're too, they, people are too stupid. They're not going to know. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. We need new legislation to ensure a safe and secure society. Mm-hmm. 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 So you know what I noticed is, uh, so they banned uh, McGinnis, who, again, I, 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 I know very little about. I'm not a fan. I don't, you know. I don't. Wasn't his last tweet, though? At least that I had read his last tweet before being banned. Was it was about very, violence. It was about it violence. It said violence and it did not. It did, I think. Yes. It basically said, I reject all forms of it and I reject these rallies and et cetera. Et Take cetera. the word reject out. And what does it say? All right. Oh, is it, I'm for all forms of violence. C- can you trust people to read entire sentences? No, you can't. Every word well, you en- can't. encapsulated, even That's if that why... was, even if in this world where we all come together and somehow just pretend that he wasn't calling for violence mm-hmm. when he said he was opposing violence, uh, even then people could misread it and just become violent because right. they see the tweet incorrectly. Well, I tweeted, uh, I tweeted my response to this uh, using my own uh, formula. I tweeted, I fit. Ooh, and wait! But, uh, uh, I have a question, though. Yes, uh, that seems like four characters if you include the space. Oh, well, so I you, if you just did well, if, you could just do if, but I don't know if people know it. I did if, but now I'm remembering that I, I, I shouldn't have because you know we, you yeah. know we banned abbreviations. So I just I'm going to retweet. I, I like that. I think if right. we just kind of had. I mean, one letter is enough, isn't it? Do you need more than one letter? Well, it could be two. You you have to include those who want to say me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I will say, I don't think I would get any less out of Twitter if this this was actually implemented. Really? I kind of be as worthless to me as it is now. Yeah, yeah. You, so wait a minute. You're saying that... Tw- I'm trying to get my arms around this. <laughs> You're saying... That the world does not revolve around what people say on Twitter? You know, I, I, it's funny. Every time... You think about this. this Before you strange. say this, think about this. No, I know. I see this all the time. Reporters mm-hmm. do this constantly. Uh-huh. And they always tweet about it, which I always find to be interesting. Uh-huh. Where they just drop <laughs> off of Twitter for like two days. Uh-huh. And then they come back on. And I just spent 48 hours away from Twitter. And I've realized that in the real world, people aren't talking about the things we're talking about here. Right. They, they, there's not the constant outrage. Not everyone hates each other. Right. Like, and then they come back on Twitter to tell us this story. Right. But that I guess we're all supposed to react by leaving Twitter. I don't, I, I don't know what we're supposed to do with this information. Well, it'll all be solved when we ban it. Well, no, 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 not ban it. We just no, say you no, can't. No. You can only have three characters. We are for free speech. Just free speech within three characters or less. Yes. And no abbreviations. And, unless that speech is deemed something we don't like. And and or slash anybody saying it that we do like. So in other words, I want to keep our options open. Mm-hmm. So I might say, hey, Stu, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. But I can say, you know, this guy over here. I love him. He can say that. He he's he started a foundation. They're marching in the streets, beating up anybody who doesn't say that. I'm going to leave him on. Okay. okay, but you, I can ban. That that seems fair because I violated a a stated policy, or just you just because no, I'm Jack. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's cool to be Jack. Yeah. Right, well, right, people right. say <laughs> people say to me all the time. They greet me in the morning. What do they say? Hi, Glenn. No. I'm Jack. I'm Jack. What do they oh. say? Oh, hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Mm-hmm. Right? Free speech. Hi, Jack. It all is always... beginning to make sense now, isn't it? <laughs> you can always say that word freely wherever you want. Uh, 
Well, don't quote me on that if you're going to an airport. My people can say that. My people can say that. And uh, it's because that's what I'm doing to free speech. Taking it to Cuba. Sponsor this half hour is Blinds.com. Blinds.com knows it's, you know, some people have a hard time picturing, you know, what their house is going to look like with new blinds or window coverings. I'm telling you, it makes a huge. How much of a difference did it make, uh, you know, just putting the shutters on your on it's your house? Incredible difference. It really is the way to change your entire house without having to change your entire house. Okay, you know why? You know why his house is worth more just with the shutters? Because now none of the neighbors can see Stu uh, from from the outside. It's completely blocked from am the outside. I, am I responsible for being fully clothed inside my house all well, the time? I'm just no, saying. I'm just saying. They, I mean, you know, before the shutters, the the neighbors were saying, "Could we just, could we just take sheets of plywood and nail them up over the windows?" Uh, and that would have improved the uh, quality of the neighborhood. But it's he got it's freeing. Okay, right. it's free. it's freeing to so walk any, around like that. So anyway, so he 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 got the uh, the shutters, the plantation shutters. And the great thing about Blinds.com is they actually talked him into shutters that cost less. They're like, those are really good. Those are really good, but uh, you don't really need them. Those are more expensive, and these are better. Yeah, and they were right. I mean, they're they're fantastic. (laughs) I mean, who does that? Who does that? What salesperson does that? The salespeople at Blinds.com. They're going to guide you through to find the right thing for your house. Go to Blinds.com slash Beck today. Blinds.com slash Beck. Now through August 14th, you can buy two and get one free site-wide, plus an additional 5% off your purchase when you use the promo code Beck. Again, buy two, get one free site-wide, plus take an additional 5% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Promo code Beck. Rules and restrictions to apply. Land back. You know what we need is we need like a Twitter czar, you know, a media, social media czar. That's what we need. That's what we're missing. Somebody who is unelected that can just tell us um, who, you know, we should ban, who we should listen to, who we should trust. Don't let people do that on their own. That's one of the problems with these social media companies is they all went in front of Congress and told Congress that it was their responsibility to make sure they weren't spreading hate messages. Not their job. They don't want no one wants to hate, you know, spread hate messages except for the people that actually are, you know, doing it. Uh, But, you know, no one wants that to be the result. But the bottom line is it's not really their responsibility. It's ours. We, We constantly want to blame other people. You know, if you're the ones sharing racist stuff, it's your fault. If you're not, it's not. And the same thing with Facebook. The fact that they allow people to post things and they do and use it in a poor way outside of committing crimes like threats and harassment. There are certain levels of things, child porn, things that are actually banned from other laws. But speech is speech. And the fact that you come out with really nonsensical theories about 9-11 and no matter what it is, it's not the fault of Facebook but they've taken that responsibility on. And the problem, I think, and you've made this point with other things before, Glenn. The problem is when these companies come out and they try to get this under control and it doesn't work and all of their people start leaving, then they will turn to the government and let's say, we need you guys to do this so we don't look like the bad guys. Mm-hmm. We need the FCC to step in and now start uh, policing this speech so we don't have to be the bad people. Oh, you know, and, and everybody's worried about, you know, everybody on the left, you're worried about. Uh, you know, Donald Trump being, you know, a fascist. He's a fascist. He's a fascist. Yeah, let's get the government involved now in social media. Oh, and at the same time, let's give him the guns. 
No, it sounds like a brilliant plan. What the hell is wrong with you? It's not your responsibility to police everybody's speech. It's ours as citizens. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back. Um, Did you hear about the rough and tumble treatment (laughs) that NBC got? Rough and tumble, Stu. Yeah, Cal Perry from uh, MSNBC was in the middle of all this and took videos of it and... Rough and tumble. ...was assaulted. I mean, uh, no, 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 no. They were they were they were getting a little re- aggressive with the media. And he did say also uh, last night's Antifa rally in Charlottesville got a bit rough and tumble. Yeah. Which, again, remember, we went through just went through weeks of the media on television constantly talking about the threat that was coming from a rally crowd saying CNN sucks mm-hmm. and flipping them off. And Jim mm-hmm. Acosta in front of the nation being all worked up about it. Mm-hmm. When when actual reporters get actually assaulted by actual fascist groups, which is what Antifa is, mm-hmm. anti-fascist, they are they have every qualification of a fascist group in yeah, they any other fascist. circumstance. Yes, they are fascist. And so uh, here is uh, you know the, the reporters describing it a little bit. They're down. They downplay this. They act as if it's just one person. And again, of course, their target is the president, and this is this is the issue here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was um, there were a few reporters we should point out that that did call this out. I know, for example, um, Jake, Tapper. Jake Tapper did call it out, and mm-hmm. more than just saying, "Hey, this is a bad incident," said it is not at all out of the norm of what Antifa does. So the fact that they're actually recognized this is as a long term pattern, and really the whole movement, the whole movement is assaulting people. That's the whole thing. What do you mean? It's assaulting people to eventually get to some other uh, goal, which, uh, by the way, has nothing to do with American norms, certainly. You've never been to a black tie cocktail dinner? Have you ever been to a black tie cocktail dinner? I, well, yeah. Okay, you've been to one. Okay, what's the difference between that and, uh, you know, a group of people who are wearing all black and uh, throwing Molotov cocktails? There's no difference. The, the assaults <laughs> is one, well, one of the difference. I don't know what whatever. kind of parties you go to, but yeah. maybe you're, you're rocking in a much more... It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing to me, um, the double standard here. And it's not just... A, I don't want to talk about double standard because we all know about it. We all know how bad yeah. the press is and the double standard that... We got it. We got it tired of talking about that here's what's truly frightening is these guys are the ones that will pull these anchors out of the chair and kill them in the streets it's 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 those people Mm -hmm. it's those people the antifa people they are dangerous yeah there's all sorts of videos of this by the way Uh, people assaulting people on the ground kicking them while they're on the ground assaulting Mm -hmm. reporters Mm -hmm. we have do we have uh mike pulled a video here just a second ago do we have this this is from i think benny johnson who who was at one of the rallies and talked to people uh on the street that this is i think just just came in um do we have that sarah do you know what'd you do if donald trump showed up at the front murder him murder him for the people how about you man i'll tell trump to get on the on the floor and scrub those toilets himself because he don't know he needs to learn. He needs to learn how to clean, scrub some toilets. Yeah. I mean, yo, he's America's Caesar, except he's a. So you gotta take him down. Gotta take him down. If it murder. came down to it, and it was a group effort, we'd have to do him like Gaddafi. Like Gaddafi? Yeah. What do would you like do Gaddafi. if Trump showed up? Yeah, no, I'm gonna wild out. I'm You'd wild out? out? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Right. If I get a tattoo, I would do that. What's that? If I get a tattoo, I would. 
so just a couple of quotes there. It's hard to tell, obviously, with all the swearing. Uh, I would murder him in there. Um, we'd have to do him like Gaddafi, which was, you know, killing him. No, no. First, you drag him through the streets. Yep. Um, if I have, if I get the chance to f him up, I would, mm-hmm. and I would beat his ass. Mm-hmm. The president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we're not supposed to even pay any attention to that sort of thing. But the people well, no, in the rally, crazy. in it, and by the way, a rally in which every person in the rally went through security. So none of them had any weapons. They were, what are they going to do exactly? This is again the president of the United States is about to speak in this venue. It's probably one of the most safe and secure places on earth. Yet, we're supposed to take seriously that a few people chanting CNN sucks is an issue when this is going on in the real world. And, and well, by the way... But no, no, no. He's encouraging that. Oh, is he? He's encouraging Because we've seen this from the left as well, who has, you know... Mm-hmm. At, they've Some of them have moved away from supporting Antifa, but many of them have. Uh, and just a year ago, after the Charlottesville thing, we're, we're touting them as heroes. Mm-hmm. Right? And this movement has grown since. And when we talk about movements... Can we talk about how utterly embarrassing it is that the media gave us, what, a month of buildup to to a rally that 24 people attended? 24 people. I got a CNN alert this weekend Mm -hmm. that told me that 24 white supremacists rallied in charlottesville 24 there were spin classes this weekend with more than 24 people in them spin classes people don't even like to exercise it is incomprehensible that this event got this much attention and it's you know it's not it doesn't lead to positive ends because Mm. you have people who who are convinced that there's a giant white supremacist movement in this country when I think pretty clearly that's not the case. It doesn't matter how like it doesn't matter how much negative press a movement gets. If there's a big movement going on in the country and a huge anniversary of one of their, you know, Don't you remember there's be more than 24 people? Do you, do you remember the lead up to uh to 828? The, the event we held on the mall in oh, Washington, yeah. D.C., mm-hmm. it was going to be violent. The Black Black Lives uh, or, or uh, the Black Panthers were showing up. Al Sharpton was there. Uh, they were told people were told by the media constantly day and night. Don't go. We had phone calls from people say it's just going to be violent. Oh, we're yeah, like, we had no. the supporters, uh, supporters who wanted to come. And we're just like, I'm just afraid there's just going to be too much. I can't right. bring my kids there. Right. Black Panthers are going to be there. There would have been double the crowd, yeah. double the crowd had the media not scared people off. It wasn't. It was peaceful. Mm-hmm. It was peaceful. It was one of the most peaceful things I have been a part of in 20 years. It was a spiritual moment. Yeah. The media was was making it into violent. Here they have. 24 people show up. Now, you don't think that the Nazis wanted to show up? Of course they wanted to show up. They did. 24. They did. This is not a movement that is sweeping the nation. You know what the movement is that's sweeping the nation? It's Antifa. Beyond that, the more we silence voices, the more power you will give people. You, they took off. Um, uh, they took uh, McInnes off this weekend. Lost his Twitter feed. Okay, so you take McInnes off. Uh, they also removed what is it? H three H three. This is a this is a gamer and a and a comedian. I, 
I don't know him. I don't watch it. Why did they take him off? They 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 claimed Friday night. I think it was a mistake. They claimed Friday night that they wouldn't let him post any live videos anymore um, because he was talking about Alex Jones. Talking about Alex Jones? From everything I've read, he's not a fan of Alex Jones. We can't talk about Alex Jones now. What is that all about? Probably, probably a bunch of people from the right decide. I'm sorry, a bunch of people from the left decided to target them and flood whatever platform to say these guys are evil. These guys got to be stopped. And so what happened? They were taken off until there could be a review. This guy's a gamer. At, at what point? At what point do we stop and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute? Both sides. At what point does the left say, I don't want anything to do with Anifa? And the media should not be normalizing these people. And every, if we're going to use the same standard, every Democratic politician that comes on the air in the next six months should have to answer to whether they support Antifa or not. They should, be, they should have to come in and say exactly what they've done to stand up. They should have to disavow the support of anyone associated with this organization. Because they are, they have shown legitimate violence. And you know what? I think, uh, I know that I, we have many, many times. And most of the people on the right, at least the ones that I respect, have come out and said, you know what? These groups like Richard Spencer's and the alt-right and the people who actually did uh, the Charlottesville rally last year. Not, not to mention just the violent people, but the, the message behind it. All of that has been disavowed by at least everybody on the right that I respect. Without question and never hesitation. No hesitation. And, but the thing is, they had to do it. They had to do it because they were asked. Many of them wrote pieces and explained their views before they were asked. But anyone who, who went on television, who ran as a candidate, is constantly asked about their associations with these things. Well, this is a legitimate, this is a, these people are assaulting reporters on the streets. No, and reporters are saying that it's rough and tumble. Excuse me. They are saying they hate the media. They are saying more than CNN sucks. Mm -hmm. They are actually have a record of assaulting people. And now they're assaulting you. I, I'm sorry. And, and the people at the Trump rally were a problem. Why? You can't have it both ways. You just cannot have it both ways. Let me go to Josh in Pennsylvania. Hello, Josh. You're on the Glenbeck program. Oh, Glenn, it, it's, it's such an honor to talk to you. But you. You, know, you, you mentioned you mentioned A28, and you know I was there. That was one of the greatest uh, experiences of my life. You know, we were so close to the stage, stage right. And I'll tell you that we, were, my wife and I, were there at about four o'clock in the morning, and you know we were there trying to get as close as we could. And you know I'm on alert. It's Washington, D.C. It's the middle of the night. And, you know, a gentleman came up to us. We were sitting on the fence. And it scared me a little bit. But he reached down and, he, you know, handed us a blanket. And he said, you guys look a little bit cold. And, you know, uh, just that whole experience, you know, I everybody was saying that it was going to be some sort of crazy rally, you know, sort of like what we're seeing now. But mm -hmm. it was everything but. And we, you know, Republicans or the right have such a bad reputation, you know, with these Trump rallies. But I've never felt more safe than I am at, you know, one of these rallies because, Everybody's so respectful. Well, um, that is something that we prided ourselves on. And, uh, and, and when I say we, I mean we as an audience. Anybody who has been with me for a long time, you're a different, you're a different 
set of people. You really are. Um, you haven't gone over the cliff. Um, you know, some people have, and and so, and I do sometimes. We all make mistakes, but um, for the most part, we know what we're fighting for, and we're we're fighting for a uh, a return to just common decency and and truth. We are we are looking for the end of postmodernism. Postmodernism is evil. If you study anything about it at all, it is directly its direct result and goal is chaos, the destruction of reason. The dis- and I'm not making this up. There's no hyperbole in this. The destruction of reason, of honest questioning, of truth. It's evil. It's absolutely evil. And it is this tension that we're feeling. If, if we weren't living in a postmodern world, it would be really easy for the press. They would say violence is wrong. Oh, look, here's Antifa. They're doing that. Here are these 24 people that are advocating for that. Okay, both in the same group. That's reason. That's the enlightenment. That's the modern age. We use our brain. We don't have people tell us you know, to believe something that we can't see, touch, smell, taste. We're not going to believe them. We're going to watch and observe ourselves and let the chips fall where they may. The facts will dictate. Those days are over. For a lot of Americans, those days are over. Not for me. Not for me, because the only way that we restore it is to be able to say, yeah, Nazis are bad. And, uh, oh, yeah, over here. Yeah, the anti-fascists are bad, too. Communism is bad. Socialist, as it is done in some places, Canada, it doesn't work, but it's not evil. Socialism, you're carrying, you're saying you want to be a democratic socialist and you're carrying a flag with Stalin's face on it. Yeah, you're you. Yeah, you're bad. That's bad. Sorry. That kind of socialism leads to gulags. And millions dead. What the hell's wrong with you? It's called reason. I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor this half hour. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. School year is right around the corner. This is the time where people are moving. This is the time when people are buying houses. Uh, if you need to sell your home, you can sell it uh, for the most amount of money and for the quickest turnaround that you can get, I believe, with realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is uh, something that was really a company that was started out of frustration because, you know, who do you go who do you go to? You're going to, you know, see an ad in a magazine and their pictures look good. And so you're like, OK, they can sell my house. I don't know. Um, great agents are people who have long careers in real estate. Um, great agents just don't show up and say, oh, your house is perfect. Yeah, let's just list it. They look at the landscaping, the trim, the paint, the windows, the first impressions. Really good uh, agents will help stage your home. They, they'll tell you when to list, what's happening in the market, what it's going to look like in six months. And they have a plan for you. These are the real estate agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, website, though, it just seems like a lot of work for the most important financial transaction I'll ever have. I have to visit it? Do I have to type it myself? Will someone come type it for me? No. Will someone... Why, just, no, they won't. You just why don't you type just send in, over who you think the best one is? I don't no, really want to communicate Real estate with you. Agents, I trust.com. 
we have 1,200 of the best agents. They'll contact you. All you have to do is just say. It's a lot of work for uh, you know, really hundreds not. of thousands of dollar transaction. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. We have Gavin McGinnis on uh, top of next hour. I, I'm going to have to beg some ignorance. Uh, I mean, I've I've seen him. I've watched a few of his videos. I think he's funny, uh, but I've heard bad things. I've heard bad things about him. Uh, he's been banned uh, from Twitter, so we're going to have to find out exactly, um, you know, what the story is. He's coming up in just a few minutes. Also, Omarosa. Who would... Who would have guessed she was a bad person? All people would have would have would have guessed it. Right. Well, all, all people available to I mean, comment. besides all people, who would have seen that okay. she was going to turn into be a problem? Mm. Yeah, you I know. know. Really, Trump was the one person who seemed to stand by her. He's now saying kind of the, the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, but. the opposite. Hmm. Well, don't, I, don't know. Don't know who to root for here. Almarosa. <laughs> it's like eh, no. Glenn Beck. It's Monday, August thirteenth. This is the Glenn Beck program. I didn't. I had no idea. We can't have him on. Excuse me, just a second. We cannot have him on. I didn't know that. Why didn't anybody tell me? Gavin McGinnis. We're having. Mm-hmm. Is he already on hold? Probably. Yeah. Gavin. Yes. I had no idea you were a Canadian. I would not have had you on had I known you were a Canadian. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Um, please don't hold this against uh, me, America. I had no idea. Uh, Gavin Mc... born in England. I only lived there temporarily. Holy cow! And you were born. So you're a you're a foreign spy. That's 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 what it is now. Technically, yes. <laughs> okay, but, good. But so about them. So Gavin, uh, first of all. And I, I'm only doing this to test your memory, <clears throat> not mine. Have we ever met? Uh, I assume yes, if you're using this as a test. No, good. <laughs> no, I no. the answer is no, but uh, sometimes I forget. Uh, and so, uh, so we've never met. I don't really know much about you. I've seen some of your work, and I think you're very, very funny. Although people have said bad things about you, and uh, in today's world, you never know, especially when Twitter decides to ban somebody. So yeah. tell me what happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, I was banned. They, they, I tried to sue them, and I was told it was for condoning violence. Uh, I, I put out a video of my last 20 tweets. There's no violence in there. In fact, the only thing that's political really is me disavowing um, Unite the Right, saying I don't want anything to do with that, obviously, and also saying Howard Stern is a hypocrite for throwing Alex Jones under the bus and saying it was like shouting fire in crowded theater. I think what's really going on here is Proud Boys have been successful in protecting speakers from Antifa, and we actually enjoy it, God forbid, and that's been seen as condoning violence. But we've never started a fight. We've always finished them. And we had an epic punch in Portland where this guy knocked out about three Antifa in the span of three seconds, and the fact that we didn't feel deep shame for this even though the guy was attacked and hit with an asp, you know, this collapsible, even though he was attacked and, he, and it was in self-defense, you're supposed to be ashamed. They want us all to be freedom riders and take a beating when the new sort of uh, people bashing the freedom riders are using knives and hammers and all kinds of weapons. So, so let me ask you, let me ask you this. Um, you know, I saw the Patriot Prayer Group in Portland, uh, what, last week, week before last. 
And um, and my impression is I don't know. I don't know anybody involved. But my impression is, is here's a group of people that have just had it. They've just had it. They've had it with they're being called racist. Uh, They're everything is being torn apart. Uh, The media is is making people like Antifa if they mention them. They just make it look like these are school, you know, high school hijinks um, and not paying attention while demonizing uh, the people who are just working hard and just, you know, playing by the rules. And my guess is, is that the Patriot prayer people are just like, okay, I, I just can't take it anymore. And they're just standing up because nobody will. Is that is that your read or is that what is that what you do? I think it's a little worse. I don't think they just tolerate Antifa. I think in the, some of these far-left cities, like Berkeley and Portland, it's Seattle. more like the mafia in Reggio di Calabria. They are entrenched in the government. The DNC uh, works with them. There's links yes. to the globalist money. So, And we've got Keith Ellis holding up the Antifa handbook, you know, right, right. the guy with ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. So... This isn't like they just see them as a group. They see them as a uh, their paramilitary wing. And I didn't really care until they pepper sprayed me when I did a talk at NYU. <laughs> I don't care if it doesn't affect me. I'm not. I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but then they're attacking Alan Dershowitz, calling him a Nazi, and Lauren Southern. Meanwhile, the red carpet is laid out for Linda Sarsour, who mm-hmm. wants Sharia law. And I said, all right, that, this is it. This is it. We're not going to go to their things. We're not going to go to their headquarters and smash it up. But from now on, we're going to form a wall. And Portland is a perfect example of this. Joey Gibson is a guy. He lives in Reggio de Calabria. He's had enough of the mob. And he says, I'm going to go for a march and support Jesus Christ and, and my campaign. And if they beat me, they beat me. And we said, no, Joey, they're not going to beat you. And we surround him unarmed, by the way. The police make sure we're unarmed. Antifa's outside the perimeter. They are armed to the teeth. And we still won. And that, according to the beta males at Twitter, is wrong somehow. You're supposed to just take the beating. That's what it comes down to. So you are not, uh, uh, you are not uh, part of the alt-right? Nope. Um, the alt-right is the alt-left. They're both, they both hate Israel. They both hate Jews. They're both obsessed with identity politics. They're both socialists who want maximum government. Uh, tell me about your tell me about your thoughts. Tell me about your thoughts of the Bill of Rights. I think the Bill of Rights is the, the it is America. I wanted Ted Cruz to win before Trump because he just I saw him as a human constitution. Yeah, and he didn't have the the balls to to fight dirty, unfortunately. So we had to get a pit bull in there. But the, I think it's a good litmus test to see who we can trust. So who's, if, in your opinion, who should be in, in society be silenced? The zero people at all. It, okay. hate, free speech includes hate speech. It includes pedophiles uh, having a conference. I mean, I want to kill them, obviously. But <laughs> hate speech. Now, wait, 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 wait. That's the kind of stuff that gets you into trouble. I just, I just want to point right. this out. I mean, well, I don't want to be boring. This, there's a right, no, I know. Color. I appreciate it. And I thought there's that was very funny. And I think everybody in this audience knows that you're not really going out at night killing pedophiles right. unless I you are. I, I said I had that desire. Right. OK. All right. OK, good. Uh, OK. Um, 
So everything. People, the left thinks free speech is a pleasant conference on who is better, the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. You don't need to fight for that. You need to fight for uncomfortable speech. And if you have faith in humanity and faith in human beings and think we're all inherently good deep down, then you want the truth out. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. Let's discuss it. But the left doesn't want that because they're socialists. They want to control the narrative and they want to control people. Now, I saw a video um, of you just, I think, last week where you said, you know, uh, I can't tell you. I can't remember the exact quote. I can't I can't tell you uh, uh, how effective violence really can be. Now, uh, you know, underneath you, it said comedian. Um, but I, I I'm torn because I think you believe the you fan of Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? Malcolm X. Especially late Malcolm X. But, um, look, if someone is beating the crap out of you, violence is a very effective tool. You, when I was a kid in school, my dad would say, don't ever start fights, but make sure you finish them. That yes. used to be the normal backbone of American thought. At my boxing gym, there's a huge banner, and it says, fighting solves everything. And the left says, no, 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 you can't say that. Yet... We're meant to, to suffer all this violence from Antifa who say, punch Nazis, and then a Nazi is anyone who supports Trump. So punch half of the American population. Well, we're punching back. How do we, um, Gavin, how do we, how do we solve this uh, as a nation? I mean, are we just headed towards civil war? Yes. Um, I dread the election. I'm honestly considering being on a boat when he wins. But, but I think that we have to stop being on the defensive. They've tricked us, and it's pure Solowinski. They've tricked us into constantly saying, no, 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 I didn't say that. No, 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 I don't believe that. No, 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 I'm not that. I'm not violent. But we have to just start going on the defensive and saying, you're violent. Like, we, I, I could never dream of getting a concealed carry in Manhattan. Uh, only cops get it. Only cops. And it's gotten much worse in the past few years. Uh, no, I, I think Michael find... Bloomberg has one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chuck Bloomberg Schumer definitely has one. Moms Against Guns bodyguards, they're all mm-hmm. alarmed. But we've got right. to go. In a city where there's a murder a day, we've got to wander around right. unarmed. But they have us uh, begging for bump stocks when we should be demanding concealed carry. So I think the, the, the solution going forward is Stop defending yourself all the time. Stop saying, no, I'm not a racist. No, I'm not a Nazi. Say, no, you're a racist. You're a Nazi. I want to conceal carry. You better stop hitting people or I'm going to hit you. Now, I know that you believe that um, America is a Christian nation. Um, I know you had a turning point um, in 2001 uh, where you really saw... Um, um, the importance of God in our society. Am I right on that? Yeah, so I mean, the big catalyst for me was when my daughter was born. Um, but uh, 2001 was really politicized me. I was living in the Lower East Side. I was a couple miles from the Trade Center. I saw the first, I saw the first tower on fire. I saw the second plane hit. And I just sort of, I think Pamela Geller was the same way and Anthony Cumia. And we all sort of went, wait a minute, what have you guys been doing? We weren't really paying attention, but it sounds like you don't have everything under control. And then we started seeing that they were, you know, ignoring uh, problems with Islam and in in, for the sake of political correctness, Britain being an, a very 
exaggerated uh, uh, example of that. And so we started sort of peeling back the layers of the onion, and we realized that the government is incompetent from top to bottom, from the DMV to the White House. And then we started thinking, all right, we have to start arming ourselves. You know, not to kiss your ass, Glenn, but one of my favorite books is Miracles and Massacres. And I love the beginning of the book where you said it broke into three categories. It was the good guys win, the bad guys uh, win, or the good guys lose because they listen to the bad guys. And in every example, it's big government Mm -hmm. telling people what to do. So we have to we have to get back to that sort of founding fathers mentality where we say we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. And no, I don't trust you bureaucrat to control my life. You're getting us beat up. All right. So I want to I want to um, uh, continue our conversation I, and I, I want to take you to the press um, here when we come back. Take a quick break uh, back with um, uh, Gavin McGinnis, who has been outlawed. Uh, he has been suspended uh, from uh, Twitter, and I believe it's a permanent suspension, is it not? Um, so we'll continue uh, talking to him, actor, writer, comedian, Canadian, uh, which, sorry, I apologize for again. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is uh, Liberty Safe. Liberty Safe having a huge sale now through uh, August 26th. LibertySafe.com. You can uh, you can visit your local Bass Pro Shop or Cabela stores. You can save hundreds of dollars on the number one selling safe in America. Um, it, th- those are Liberty Safes. If it says Cabela's on it, that's actually a Liberty Safe. Um, but they're having a big sale on them right now. They're the best uh, safes, um, five star ratings. If you want, you know, from papers to you know jewelry or you know, photographs to your guns, you need them in a, uh, in a Liberty safe. Another example haps, happened uh, with the California wildfires. Liberty's customer's uh, house was destroyed. Fortunately for him, he had bought a high fire related Liberty safe. His house was completely burned down, but everything that he had put in the safe, 100% survived. They're amazing safes and you can get them now and you get them for a great price. All you have to do is go to LibertySafe.com, LibertySafe.com. Get the uh, Liberty Safe on sale now at uh, Bass Pro Shops and also Cabela's. Liberty Safe, always protected, always preserved. That's the Liberty way. Glenn Beck. Talking to Gavin McGinnis. Uh, Gavin is... uh, a host on uh, CRTV. His uh, show is Get Off My Lawn, uh, which I think is uh, fantastic. Uh, he has been banned uh, now uh, from Twitter. I'm still trying to figure out what Twitter used as the excuse. Uh, Gavin, do you know? I mean, I know they said that you were, you know, calling for violence, but did you not just disavow the day before the, uh, the, the, the march to, you know, for the alt-right? Did you not just disavow yeah. that and violence? <clears throat> yeah, and I, I felt redundant. I mean, that's so not what we're about. It's You know what it, it, the liberals have to understand? It's so not what anyone is about. There are more albino skateboarders than there are neo-Nazis in America. We are wasting our time talking about this. There's way more Muslim terrorists than there are white nationalist terrorists. It's a myth that they keep pushing. So I felt silly saying, uh, for the record, I have nothing to do with Unite the Right, uh, nor am I an albino skateboarder, but I put it out there anyway. And 
That was maybe 10 tweets before I was gone. There are no specific examples. And the email I got from them said, uh, you have been banned for, and then there's a blank space in the email. that <laughs> says, if you ever try to start a new account, we'll ban you, blah, blah, blah. So I think Jack was getting a lot of pressure from the fat tech nerds, and I'm told from insiders that it was about violence. That was their linchpin. But at the end of the day, we all know the truth. And the truth is that I am a conservative with mass appeal like uh, you know, like, like Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson in the sense that they spout some conservative values. And that's a real threat to the left. Richard Spencer, David Duke, those guys will never gain traction because they are bona fide white nationalists. And that's a very esoteric belief. But I am a normal beer drinking dad with the same views as a punk Archie Bunker. And young people are seeing this and saying, these guys have a lot less rules than the left. They seem a lot more fun. You know, we were the ones responsible for those Donald Trump stars up and down Hollywood Boulevard. I think that was as infuriating to the left as, as any punch because it was cool and funny and pulled in young people. That's what's freaking them out is this, this huge wave of, of black Americans and millennial Americans who are coming over saying, you guys seem like the fun side. So, so Gavin, I and I agree with you that you seem like the fun side. Um, but you, you also are. You're not calling for violence. You're just saying we'll take the punch and deliver the punch back. Um, you are you're you're intentionally going into an atmosphere where violent people are going to try to punch you, and you're going to punch exactly, back. Exactly, it's exactly like guns. Guns are there. Guns are not going away. So how about some good guys have guns for a change? Violence is there. Violence is not going away. Just like the crime in the south side of Chicago, Antifa is going to be at rallies, punching people in the face, throwing bricks at them. So how about some good guys have some violence for a change? And again, just like my dad always said, don't start fights, but you finish them. The only other option is to sit there and get a pounding. And I'm not talking about a punch in the face. You look at the weapons that were confiscated last year, at the Portland Antifa riots, and it was—it looked macabre. It looked like the year 700 in Germany, like yeah. there was a T-shaped knife that goes to your fingers. And some of my guys are coming back, and they have claw marks on where they didn't have body armor, and that's from the front of a hammer where they're being hit. And these guys are doing it, you know, with masks on, hiding behind three other people, and they're hospitalizing us. I just had a guy in a bar. In Arizona the, the, the other night, he, some Antifa ran in. Usually the, the bartenders, if they're kind of punky, they're in on this. They, they call an Antifa. They whipped a brick at his face, shattered his jaw, and opened up a massive hole. The left wants us to just sit down and take it. In fact, uh, what was his name? Alan Foyer is a journalist at the New York Times, and, and he followed us around for a while. And then, of course, stabbed us in the back with a hit piece, as they want to do. But he said, uh, I think it would be a lot more effective if you would just take it. And then you could show how violent they are. And that's what Joey Gibson says, too. He says, I'm going to go there, and if they kill me, that'll, that'll show the world how evil these people are. And I said, yeah, no, no, that's, I'm not doing that anymore. That's, well, that but, didn't work out for Martin Luther I, King. I'm not doing it. It did work out for Martin Luther King. It did. It didn't for him personally. I mean, it kind of ended poorly for him, but it did work out for Martin Luther King. If Martin Luther King, if Malcolm X would have uh would have been the one that really took hold 
as opposed to Martin Luther King, it, it wouldn't have been peaceful. I mean, you, you look at um, you look at uh, uh, what's his name in South Africa, Nelson Mandela. I mean, it worked out for him. It's not working out now, but it did work out. Peace does work. It worked for Gandhi. Yeah, uh, that was a different time. People were more fair then. We are dealing with mental patients. We're dealing with people who have ish, mental issues and want us to die. I mean, uh, take a night for freedom, for example. That was a thing Mike Cernovich put on. Uh, Antifa uh, found out about it. It was doxxed. They come there. The police have to build up barricades. Meanwhile, Cernovich, I mean, I did a talk there, very benign. You know, there was no talk about race even. It was just like Trump and freedom and blah, 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 free speech. You know, the first Ten Amendments type stuff, Bill of Rights stuff. And so we're all leaving. And the police say we have to be escorted out to a taxi and then get in the taxi. So I did that. But there was some old Jewish guy, he's about 60 years old. And he said, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to go hide into a taxi. I'm not even that political. Stand by. More with, more with Gavin McGinnis here in a second. Stand by. Having uh, uh, Gavin McGinnis on, and uh, Gavin, I, I'm, I'm, I think that we probably disagree on an awful lot. Uh, one, you know, you agree with the Malcolm X approach. I agree with the Martin Luther King approach. But um, we, we are entering a time that is really disturbing because we are not supposed to even discuss these things. Um, your yeah. voice, if you're if you if you are deemed for violence, uh, then your voice is silenced, which Twitter did. Um, and we have to say, would you, for instance, would you be for the silencing of Antifa on Twitter? Absolutely not. But now that there's a double standard, I do want them sound. You know, I, I, I'm at the point now where I think we have to embrace hypocrisy. <laughs> I, I want Samantha B to lose her show. I want Roseanne Barr to get her show. <laughs> because the, the glorious days of Malcolm, uh, Martin Luther King and Gandhi, where there was some semblance of logic and some sense of honor, is gone. And to finish my previous story, so that guy leaves the event. Antifa sees this old man, punches him, knocks him down. He hits his head on the pavement. Then the guy gets on top of him and starts strangling him. He goes into cardiac arrest, is taken to the hospital, and then the guy starts attacking the cops who are trying to arrest him. So in a sense, this Antifa dude is looking at years in prison is also a victim of this this bull roar uh, hypocrisy, this this fake propaganda. Well, it's uh, it's the it's the era of of postmodernism. That's the problem. There are people that are trying to destroy all reason, all common sense, all truth uh, as as we know it. And I think people are. Um, getting more and more frustrated by it. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I, I'm guessing we disagree on uh, is this identitarian movement. I, I understand because I feel it. I'm proud of my country. I love America. I, I, I am ashamed of the parts of American history that, quite honestly, the big government people like Andrew Jackson uh, take and then decide that they can just kill people. Um, I, uh, I am ashamed, I think at the appropriate parts and I'm, I'm excited about the, the appropriate great parts of America, but it's still the best thing out here. And it is what I grew up with and it is part of who I am. And don't take that away from me. We are not all the same. Mexicans are Mexicans and Canadians are Canadians, as you very well know. Uh, and America is America. And 
if if I'm told if you're a Canadian and you're told all of a sudden that you can't fi- fly the Canadian flag because somehow or another that makes you a racist, um, I think you'd have a problem with that. So I understand well, they do that. They I, did that in, in Halifax. They I, I know the Dominion flag. I know. Uh, And I and I understand that. And I believe that's what's happening over in Europe. But it is also being used and played upon uh, by people that, uh, you know, are not necessarily, um, you know, the best people. Look, I can't speak for the identitarian movement. I went to Bataclan after the shooting in, in Paris and I met some there and they said they're just they're basically you know, about culture. They hate hamburgers and they want baguettes back. And there was a burger joint on every single corner. Sure. So I understand that France feels its culture is diluting. And I, I feel the same way. But the beauty of America, and one of the reasons I came here is, it's the freest country in the world. And it's the opposite of identity politics. It's about ideas. And it says, if you come here, you bust your ass, you're in. And that's, that's what I admire about it. And that all of this division based on who's a racist and who isn't, is a total and utter myth used by the DNC to split the country and try to get votes back. I think their only policy this next election is going to be hate has no home here, which the right sees as insulting and says, oh, so you're calling me a racist? And then the next thing you know, they don't want anything to do with um, with the DNC. And it, what it does is it pushes a lot of voters over to the right. So. I, I think the whole idea of identity politics is actually hurting the left because it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, when you have a press that is this much in the bag, where they are, they're giving us a you know weeks long buildup on uh, you know on the alt right rally that that had twenty four people show up, twenty four, um, and then they ignore Antifa. How do you? Th- isn't there a um, isn't there a really good Jesus point to be made or Martin Luther King point to be made that they're going to make you into into that uh, violent guy? Um, why play into it? Uh, I don't have a choice. You know, when I, I walk down the street, I have to have I have to be ready to fight at all times. I think a lot of a lot of people, a lot of politicians, pundits, academics, they're not here. They're not at risk. But I'm at risk. I have to be armed in my home and, and ready for an attack. They threaten me on a daily basis. They dox me. You know, they threaten my kids. At that, at that rally I was telling you about, they were saying, bring Cernovich's kids down. He's threatening to, to end my kids. They were threatening my kids. So the gloves are off. That, this, this, this whole, like, common decency thing, that ship sailed a long time ago. So I don't care how I'm portrayed. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and constantly defend myself because that's exactly what they want to do. I think it's time that we bought rules for radicals and we started following Solinsky. You know, if when they go low, we go lower. I'm sick of all this high road crap. It doesn't work. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I, I just couldn't disagree with you uh, more and I, you know, and that's, that's cool. Um, I just, I don't, I, how do you answer this? I can't, I refuse to become everything I despise. Okay, so how does the Julie Gibson march in Portland go? We don't show up there. He does the march right into Antifa with him and, and a handful of conservatives that live in that wildly alt-left city of Portland. Right. How does that pan out? He, he gets destroyed, likely killed. They all get beat up. They're all hospitalized, uh, maybe killed. 
and then the, everyone turns on Antifa. Is that how it works? I, I mean, generally speaking, the reason why the reason why Bonhoeffer failed in Germany is because the people uh, had lost every underpinning um, to the Western world. Uh, he couldn't figure out why it wasn't working in Germany. And it's because there was no appeal in in um, in India. The the Indians wanted to to rise up and kill everybody. But Gandhi knew that there was enough of a Western way of life in England that would see the principles and say, that's bad. When you put Martin Luther King was right. You put good versus evil on a screen next to each other. When it's really clear, people will not want to be a part of that evil until the society goes so far over the cliff like it did in Germany. And I don't think we're there yet. So I do think if if Antifa is killing people, yeah, I do think that wakes people up. Yeah, but look at Obama. The, the leftist media has been controlling the narrative so, so much that this scenario of good and evil placed next to each other has become a pipe dream. They, they controlled the narrative. They made America racist. We, they, they voted for Obama thinking it would solve everything, and everything got worse, and we became more socialist. We're still recovering from the mess he made. Um, I don't understand how... How you can think that, that if we just play fair, everything will work out? Oh, I don't know. No, no, we're no. Already I, in a civil war. No, no. I, I know we're in a cold civil war, and I know that. And um, but I don't think um, that um, becoming those things that we despise uh, uh, helps us in the end. I, I, I really don't. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a George Washington guy who it was a fighter. Uh, but he also was a badge of merit guy. He was do the things that will, uh, you know, cause honor and uh, and and grace to come down from the heavens, because there's no way you can beat the greatest army in the world. Great Britain. You can't. You need God on your side. Um, and um, I, I just don't know how how I look Gavin. Here's the thing. I have struggled with this in my head for the last 10 years. I have gone back and forth in my head on, uh, on you know, you're not going to win. It's not going to win. It's not going to win. Uh, and I just can make my decision for me. My reason for having you on today is not to expose you or to, uh, to uh, uh, have a great debate and change your mind or anything else. My, my goal to have you on today was this is the kind of conversation that America should be having right now. And we can't. We're not allowed to explore and, and have a real Malcolm X, Martin Luther King discussion because everybody will just, everybody will just form a Twitter mob. And we must begin to talk to each other and have deep and important conversations like this and be able to walk away respecting each other. And speaking of the Founding Fathers, before America, that was sort of what started America. Britain said, I want a bunch of different newspapers all up and down the East Coast. I want you guys to have dissenting opinions. I want there to be right papers, left papers. I want you to have debates. And, and they encouraged the militia. They encouraged us to learn what guns are. And the next thing you know, we said, why don't we just start our own country? And that sunlight brought out, got out the disinfectant yes. uh, and, and destroyed Britain. Now we're getting away from that. Now we're getting into Soviet-style tactics. And I, I just want to make something clear on the record here. I'm not someone who goes out condoning violence and saying we need to fight these people. 
I, all I'm saying is if, if Lauren Southern or, or Dave Rubin or Jordan Peterson or Alan Dershowitz or C.H. Summers or Charles Murray or any of these people that, that college students hate, if they want to do a talk, then we should go there and make sure they're able to do that talk. That's it. Don't go to an Antifa rally. Don't go to a communist rally. Don't go fighting people. But just make sure that someone is able to do their speech. And that's become radical in America. Yeah. It's radical to want to let a, a benign classical liberal like Jordan Peterson do a talk. And that makes me angry. Me too. Me too. Gavin, thank you so much. And uh, let us know, are you, have you been permanently banned? Is there any kind of discussion going on with... Nope, I'm permanently banned, and I don't care. It's fine for me. I was actually using it a little too much anyway. I was getting addicted. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing my kids again. <laughs> All right, Gavin McGinnis, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Sure. Gavin McGinnis, uh, I, I think this is... Was there any part of that that shouldn't have been heard today? I mean, the, the point is you're supposed to have these conversations, right? Yeah. And you know, the fact that Twitter wants to ban it from happening is it's just odd. Again, I would tell you and where to follow you... Gavin on Twitter, but you can't. There's no, right. there's no place to go. Well, he is on CRTV, yep. and you can uh, subscribe to CRTV and uh, watch his show. Uh, I, ju- I just, uh, I don't, I don't have to agree with people. In fact, I expect not to agree with people. But their voices should be heard. And we have to have these open dialogues that end in respect for one another. Because if we don't, then the, the only thing left is violence. We have to have respectful debates. All right. Sponsor this half hour. Simply Safe. You know, you have, uh, you know, you have, uh, let's say, your stew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I am. That's weird. That's yeah, a really good like, example. Uh, by there's you. like really nothing. You know, there's no loss if somebody comes into Stu's house and just kills him in the middle of the night. Well, his family, assuming his family is away, mm-hmm. but just Stu, you know, takes all of his. I don't even know what he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoes. Let's just say he does. I do. I do wear shoes. Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. he's got that, mm-hmm. and then just kills him in the middle of the night. Anybody? The world change? No. I appreciate this analysis. Yeah, yeah. but Mm -hmm. you something happens to you and your stuff. World changes, right? You don't care about Stu, but you care about (laughs) you. Simply safe. Beck. What? No, no, seriously. Nobody does. Oh, simply safe. Beck dot com. They now uh, my mom listens to the show. Does she? I mean, does she she have simply safe? I care about your mom. Does she have simply safe? I I don't know what system. You haven't even checked again why we don't care about Stu. He's (laughs) just a bad person. Doesn't care about his mother's safety. (laughs) Simplysafebeck.com. Go to simplysafebeck.com right now. Comprehensive security, a fraction of the price, 24-7 monitoring without any contracts, $14.99 a month. That's it simplysafebeck.com get 10% off your system now simplysafebeck.com Glenn Beck Giancarlo Sopo is going to be joining us uh, he is next he is this is going to be fascinating he is a, uh, a Democrat who is his family is from uh, Cuba and he says everything you're being told about democratic socialism is a lie and he is he's not a he, he's he's not a political guy at all. He's just a guy who's looking for the truth. And he says, 
you have to know. Americans need to know. And he wrote this great uh, article called Democratic Socialism is a Scam. It was in Quillette. If you haven't read Quillette uh, yet, you need to. It's a great online magazine. Um, but uh, he's going to be joining us here in uh, just a few minutes. Let me go to Ian real quickly uh, in Kansas. Hello, Ian. Welcome to the program. Hi, Glenn. Uh, Hi. Long-time listener, huge fan of yours. Thank you. Um, you know, I don't think, uh, listening to that Gavin McGinnis uh, interview you just did, aside from the Malcolm X comment, I really don't think you and Gavin disagree uh, on much. I, I kind of think his mentality is just, you know, the whole speak softly uh, you know, carry a big stick mentality of, you know, if they threaten us, if they threaten my friends and family, I mean, I, I don't want to just lay down and take it. And I don't completely disagree with that. I get your point, too, that we need to be the peacemakers. Um, I, I watched you during Restoring Honor and Restoring Love, and I'm mm-hmm. a big believer in the whole peacemakers thing. Yes. Um, but at the same time, look, this last weekend um, here in my town of Lawrence, Kansas, um, Antifa came to Lawrence the other day and forced two people. I didn't, and I didn't know these people, but they were carrying American flags and shaking first responders hands at a sort of like a community event that they were having in Lawrence and Antifa comes and forms a mob around these two people. And I'm just filming it. And they are shouting these people down. Luckily no one got hurt, but they're shouting these two people down. I would say they're in their fifties or sixties and they're forming a mob around them and they just force them out of a public park. So, I mean, I know, I I know, I I know I get get both parts. These are violent people there. It it was a scary situation. We just, it's just like, uh, it's coming to our heartland. I know. And it, and it will. And I told you that these times would come, but you must be different enough to be able to be considered a refuge. You don't, you just don't want to be a part of the violence. Glenn Beck. It's Monday, August 13th. This is the Glenn Beck program. I read an article in uh, Quillette. Democratic socialism is a scam. And here's why it stood out. It's from a guy whose family has lived it, knows it. Uh, it's from a guy who who took the Democratic Socialists platform and brought it over to uh, to a bunch of Norwegian uh, economists. And 11 out of the 12 said, no, this is way radical. This is not what we're doing over here. He says it's dangerous and it's a scam and everybody in America needs to know. The other reason why I, I found his article so interesting is he's a Democrat. Uh, he's not a political kind of guy. He's just generally voted uh, for the Democrats. Giancarlo uh, Sopo is with us now. How are you, sir? Glenn, it's a pleasure to be with you. It's uh, it's it's mine. Thank you so much for coming on. So tell me about for, Take us through the article for anybody who didn't read it. Sure. Um, so for, I guess, 99.9% of the people who are listening who have no idea who I am, uh, I, I was born and raised in Miami. Uh, my parents are Cuban exiles. Uh, I was raised in a staunchly uh, Reagan anti-communist household <laughs> in the 1980s. And, uh, you know, my, my mom, she worked as a social worker. Uh, my father, he was a, a veteran of the Bay of Pigs invasion. Uh, he was one of the brave people who tried to liberate Cuba. Mm. And I, I, I grew up with a strong sense 
of uh, appreciation for this country and everything it did for my family. Uh, but, you know, I'm also a Democrat. Uh, I don't think those two are incompatible with one another. Um, and, you know, so growing up as a kid, I, I, I learned about the realities of socialism. So fast forward, uh, you know, throughout my career, I've uh, volunteered for Democratic campaigns. I've worked for Democratic campaigns. I've been very involved in the past. And I, it, it just absolutely it's perplexing to see uh, people within my own party, leaders at the highest levels, embracing so-called democratic socialism, uh, which is an oxymoron as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. and which I consider completely inconsistent with the best traditions of uh, President Kennedy, President Truman, and the, you know, some of the, the values of our party, uh, which I've always seen as a party that you know, believes in social programs and, and a certain level of a welfare state to help people through tough times, but not, uh, you know, not a full-blown socialization of the economy. And it's incredibly troubling to see the degree to which Americans are being misled into believing that democratic socialism is what they have in Europe. Uh, so I, like, like you said earlier, I approached a team of economists in Oslo, Norway, and I just asked them point blank a series of questions, had them fill out a questionnaire uh, to get a sense of how exactly does this ideology of democratic socialism uh, stack up against uh, their own political spectrum. And uh, what, what I realized is that this is, these are fringe views even by Scandinavian standards. Uh, mind you, I, I showed them uh, an, an article from Vox, which is a, a liberal publication right. describing what democratic socialism is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it, it, it talks about wanting to nationalize industries, uh, abolish private ownership of, of, of small and medium enterprises, turning the economy into a, 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 you know, like a series of co-ops and forcing, uh, you know, uh, lim- limiting the private sector to non-essential functions. And this is completely inconsistent with what they have in Scandinavia. And the degree to which this is being promoted as such in this country, as someone who's worked in communications and public relations for 10 years, I can tell you there's, this is a massive, uh, well-coordinated campaign to deceive the American people that, uh, to make this more socially acceptable, to, to normalize it to some extent. And I believe it's a massive scam being perpetrated on voters, particularly people of my generation who are millennials, who they didn't have the same experience that I had growing up. Uh, in a in a family that lived through the Cold War, my my grandfather uh, Rogelio Sopobarreto, he died as a political prisoner in Cuba, opposing the these same kinds of policies. And I don't think most people in the United States have not had that kind of an experience, have not felt it so close. Uh, my wife is Cuban, so we've we we have to deal with the realities of socialism at least once a month to send her mom remittances uh, to help her mm-hmm. to help her survive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's important, I think, for Americans to fully uh, understand what exactly this ideology is and what it is not. So um, I think that there is a there was a moment here recently where the masks came off and some Democratic socialists are coming out and saying, yeah, we want an end to capitalism. But the Democrats are denying that. Um, and, and I think with the loss of so many Democratic socialists, those masks are going to go back on. Um, uh, what, why, are the, why is the party leadership just going down this road with something that is as radical as you know it to be? Well, I think they are trying to leverage it 
because uh, they see that young people are excited about it. So I think they're viewing it as a way to leverage the, the blithful ignorance of many for the political gain of a handful of, of politicians. Uh, and I, I think that's just, it's, it's, it's immoral. It's a blemish on the party of John F. Kennedy, who stood up to socialism uh, right, right at, at, in front of the Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not, it, it's, it, what, what they're trying to do is to kind of like channel this excitement into victories at the, the voting booth. And my, look, I, I want to be clear, I, I'm, I am going to vote for the Democratic candidate in my local congressional district, uh, who's uh, Donna Shalala, who's a, a, you know, a, a middle-of-the-road Democrat. Uh, I I am comfortable personally with with social programs. I told you my, my mom worked for the state of Florida uh, growing up, and I, I I am comfortable with cert, you know certain degrees of, of liberalism. And you're and, you're an FDR. Yeah. You're an I hate to use FDR because I don't think he is what um, what we're taught. But I'm a, J- you, I'm a JFK Democrat. You're a JFK Democrat, right? Yeah. Uh, my grandfather was a JFK Democrat. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, but there's a difference between those that want to end the system of the constitutional rule, uh, the bill of rights and capitalism and a, a good, you know, John F. Kennedy Democrat. But we're, but we're being told, uh, you know, if you watch the media, the, the John F. Kennedy Democrat doesn't exist. No, and that's sad because I think there's certainly the, the Democratic Party should be should have big enough of a tent where uh, someone like Joe Manchin can coexist with a Democrat who says, hey, look, I think, you know, our healthcare care system uh, should be uh, more something aligned like Medicare for all. I think both of those ideas can certainly exist when the Democratic platform remind you. I also think we should be looking at countries like Switzerland who have that have universal health care and do not have a, a socialized medicine. So. I think all of those ideas should fit within the Democratic Party's platform, but I also think it is just—it's just simply dishonest to tell to tell the American people. And this is coming from MSNBC, from the Washington Post, from the New York Times, uh, from uh, Pod Save America, uh, at, at the highest levels of media and from the political leadership of this country. Americans are being told that democratic socialism is something that they have in Scandinavia. And that's just that's just a, a canard. It is not true, and it has to be exposed for what it is, which is well, a giant. That's a giant scam. Why do you say that it's it's a canard? I mean, you know, the idea of democratic socialism. You'll hear the defenders say, "Well, no, it's up to the people. If they vote to do that, then we'll do that." Right. So that's exactly the that's so that that's a great question, and I think that question leads us into what's what's happened in Latin America. So I'm going to use two examples for you. One is Venezuela under Hugo Chavez that was started going down that road in uh, late 1998. And the other is Argentina under Nestor and Cristina Kirchner. We'll start with Venezuela first. Hugo Chavez runs for office in, uh, in, you know, to, to be the president of the country. And he promises that he's not going to nationalize anything, that the media is going to be entirely in private hands. Uh, there is a, a, a fantastic clip of him, uh, you know, speaking with Jorge Ramos from Univision where he makes these three points very clear. He says, oh, I have no interest in nationalizing any businesses or expropriating any assets. I just want free health care and education for my people. Uh, and shortly within a matter of time, uh, what, what he began doing was he started nationalizing uh, you know, certain parts of the economy. The, 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 oil, the, the oil industry in Venezuela, which was partially nationalized, he just fully nationalized it, 
when the when the workers at PDVSA, which is the the national oil company, began rebelling against some of his policies because he put in these absurd uh, production quotas. When when they said, "Look, if you do this, you're going to ruin our entire oil industry," and they refused to implement uh, Chavez's policies, he fired eighteen thousand of them and replaced them largely with cronies. One of them was his cousin, and this accelerated Venezuela's economic collapse. Right. So when when Democrats and people in the media say, oh, it's bad faith to bring up Venezuela, they're saying that because they're judging it based on the outcomes of the exact same kinds of policies that the Democratic socialists are, are proposing. Right. It's a there's a tremendous disconnect between intent and outcomes. And um, it, let's you know, you could also look at cases like in Argentina under Christina Kirchner, who she didn't call herself a Democratic socialist per se, but she pursued those kinds of policies. Uh, so the government of Buenos Aires inflated its its public sector payrolls, I think, like something like 61 uh, percent. They began nationalizing companies because they said that it was in the public's best interest, uh, all of which was done with the intention of, of uh, you know, uh, prolonging her stay in power and making her politically stronger. And the results of of her democratic socialist policies were so disastrous in Argentina that the government. Uh, that the, the Secretary of Commerce was caught manipulating uh, economic data to conceal how bad they were actually performing. It's something that, like, Kushner has been out of office for, like, two years already. It's something that the current administration is still working to clean up because it was so disastrous. So you cannot give these people an inch because they do not play by the same rules. Uh, they do not share the same values. You know, Glenn, you, you and I might have disagreements on the scope of social programs or whatever. Right. But at the end of the day, we can, we can have a beer and agree that my the local bagel shop down the street shouldn't be turned into a co-op or nationalized. Right. Um, so but here's here's the problem. Giancarlo, I think this is this is this could have avoided so much nastiness during uh, the Obama years. Had we um, had we had this conversation and had Democrats said what you're saying now, but uh, because there are people that say, you know, hey, look, we, we can have a conversation on how much welfare and what works best and everything else. We can have those conversations. But there are a lot of people that that's not their goal. And there's a lot of people in the Democratic Party um, and. Uh, and so you kind of, if no one will discuss this, you kind of then say, I got to loot. I got to lump all of you together. Cause I can't trust you. For instance, here's this, an old quip uh, clip that happened during the Obama administration. This is from, from uh, Maxine Waters. Listen to this. This liberal will be all about socializing, uh, um, would be about uh-huh. basically yes. taking over. And the government running all of your companies. Okay, now she thought that was better than using the word socializing you. But so when you have that come out as a mistake, how do you know who's who's going too far and who's not? Yeah, no, I mean, it's important. Look, I I think the Democrats are in an unenviable position uh, for the most part in, in in, in the extent that They've historically been a moderate party that bought into some of the, you know, the, 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 the basic pretext of uh, free market economics, but they wanted some, some degree of moderation. So they faced some of the same uh, troubles that, uh, that parties throughout the, the, the entire world face that are in, in, that, in those similar positions. 
uh, where they, you know, they, they can't be like free trade absolutists or mm-hmm. because of their political constituency. So I, I think it's, it's a difficult, it's like a, a difficult, difficult needle to thread, but it's one that I personally don't have a problem threading because it's, I've, I've worked in Latin America. I understand the, the differences between those political systems and what they have in Europe. I've spent time in London. Um, so I, I am not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that comes very natural for me, but I understand, you know, if, if for most, pe- most people, the closest that they've been to Scandinavia is the pavilion at, at Disney World. At <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And, so, and, you know, there's another reason why, first of all, I mean, if you look at the, the Scandinavia on the, on the freedom scale, they are right in there with freedom scale with us. In fact, in many cases, they're better than we are on starting new businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, So that's different, but, but also that's always been a very homogenized society. It's, it's America is completely different. Uh, And it's, it's, it's hard when, you are you're talking about 350 million people all from different backgrounds all different all wanting different stuff and open borders i mean milton freeman you can have one or the other you can't have both yeah yeah totally you can uh, so take for instance denmark denmark has historically had a merit-based immigration system it's part of what makes their uh, welfare state possible because just for simple demographic reasons, let's put aside the like ideology or, or, or moral reasons, uh, you know, like for just simple demographic reasons, you need a certain amount of input versus output in terms of social spending to, to maintain the program's viability. Um, so they've controlled their immigration. You cannot have unlimited immigration and also have an unlimited welfare state. You have to pick one or the other. And so, it's a, it's a, but it's incredibly frustrating, at least for me, to have this conversation with some of my fellow Democrats because I've been asked, oh, have you been red-pilled? Uh, are yeah. you, are, you know, I just had somebody uh, who's a consultant in, in local Democratic politics ask me if I'm working for Republicans, if I'm being paid to say this kind of stuff. And I'm not. I mean, I, mean, I just, I generally believe in this. Uh, it's, but it's, it's, it's kind of, it's difficult to have a good faith conversation with people because I think there is such a resistance. Like we've Democrats have been, you know, focused on extremism on the right side of the aisle for so long that, that there is this like really just this internal resistance to avoid this cognitive dissonance of having to come to terms with the fact that like, Hey, guess what? We have, we have plenty of crazy people on our side too. And they're, they're, yeah, and and they're no longer like just like some hippies in in on the West Coast. I mean, they're like real people who are uh, in within the corridors of power, uh, and it's you know. So we have to come to terms with that, and I think we need to have this conversation, which I know many of the people in the party are trying to avoid. Um, but I, I think it's important, at least for for the well being of the country, to draw a clear line in the sand and say. Uh, we are not going to become a socialist party. That's not who we are. That's not, and that's not what I'm, you know, it's, it's un- unconstitutional and, and it would, it would betray the, the legacy of, of our leaders. It would betray millions of Latinos in this country, which is something nobody's talking about. Right. Uh, somehow we're expected to believe that Norway, which has 5 million people and it's one of the freest economies in the world is more uh, representative of socialism than the you know from the, the forty two million people who live between just Cuba and Venezuela alone, <laughs> that, you know that 
you know, that Norway is more representative of socialism than those two countries are. It's, so it's, it's I, insane. I, Giancarlo, I have to tell you uh, first, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. We're out of time, but I, I want to have you back and spend some real time with you. Uh, I, uh, you are a Jack Kennedy Democrat, uh, which <laughs> I don't even know if they'd be well. I don't know if Jack Kennedy would even be welcome in the Republican Party today, let alone the Democratic Party. Uh, you have uh, quite uh, a refreshing point of view. And I thank you so much for having the balls to come on and, and have it with us. Uh, you can follow him at Giancarlo Sopo, S-O-P-O, uh, and read his really, really great report. You can find that at uh, Quillette.com. All right. American finance. Owning a home, never been easier. Continues to be a great investment. If you're buying your first home, your next home, your last home, an investment home, you're refinancing. American Financing can customize the right loan program for you. And they're going to give you a pre-approval letter fast, so you're going to know exactly how much you can qualify for. And you can expect faster loan processing because they do all of the underwriting in-house. It is American Financing. Salary-based mortgage consultants. They don't work on commission. They work for you. And they have an A-plus rating with the BBB, over 1,800 uh, Google reviews. So you can check them out and do your own homework. I've known these people for a very, very long time good rock solid people that are going to treat you right and get the right loan for you americanfinancing.net that's americanfinancing.net or call 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net american financing corporation nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org glenn back maybe we can come back and talk about who are the crazy Democrats, because we hear a lot about how there's this group of sensible Democrats, and we've heard from one here this hour. But we hear uh, often that there are kind of these sort of crazy Democrats who embrace this sort of democratic socialism. Who are they? Because we need to make sure we're calling that out. So there's a separation line between people who are trying to make the country better within, within its barriers and its boundaries, as implied in the Constitution, and those are going in a totally different direction. Get into that coming up. Welcome back to the program. A couple of things. Peter Strzok has just been fired. I know, I know. He's, he was still working there? I know. Right? Uh, yeah, he was. He's uh, just been fired for his uh, anti-Trump tweets. Uh, and it wasn't the president that did this. It was the uh, FBI. The office of, uh, I don't know, act like an adult or something like that. Uh, recommended uh, that they fire him, and so they have. Which is good news and that's all really i care to talk about with the trump thing how about you yeah i don't know if there's anything more to it right now i mean it's mm-hmm. not exactly unexpected he was i don't think he was a an employee in good standing <laughs> what do you so. think what do you think about uh jean the guy we just had on ah, it was really interesting i mean i you get uh inspired by hoping that people can see this and see the world the way he does he's getting beat up he's getting torn apart yeah the because it's the second you you don't embrace the full move to, you know, democratic socialism. And, you know, that's just a, what is that? That's just another step, right? Like socialism famously for Marx was just a pit stop on the way to communism. It's just the the way it's a stop on the way there. The Uh, step between 
capitalism and, and communism. communism is the way he describes yeah, it. That's and, it. You know, to me, democratic socialism is the step on the way to socialism. Yeah. And the Democratic Party has been lately seeming like just the step on the way to the democratic socialists. And I, I would love to see more people who view it the way he does, which is like, you know what? We do disagree on the scope of government, but that's a healthy that's, debate. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think, you know, if you look at what Democrats of the 60s and 70s, you know, mainstream were proposing, most of that stuff has happened. I want to have him back. I'm going to have him back on because he said, you know, there's a lot of people in the Democratic Party. And we have to have this conversation that are, you know, have gone off the deep end. Oh, who, who, uh, who, who are those? Who are those people? Because I bet you we agree. Yeah. I, I mean, you just give me the list of uh, the progressive caucus. Yeah. The Congressional Progressive Caucus is a nice little outline of people who are basically Democratic socialists. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, you're talking. Uh, Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison's on there. Crazy. She- Sheila Jackson Lee. Crazy. Uh, Jan Schakowsky. Yes. Uh, Bernie Sanders yes. in the Senate. Uh, in the House, uh, I'm just looking for some of the names you might uh, be familiar with. You know, Steve Cohen, Elijah Cummings, uh, Rosa DeLauro. Yes. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, you know. Hank you just, Johnson. You just start uh, you know, there. Barbara you just, Lee. You just start there. Just start there. I mean, aren't those... Are those the people that the I mean, look, I, I read his article uh, this weekend in Quillette and I thought this is this is not heard. This is just not heard. Who has the balls to stand up and say these things as a proud Democrat to stand up and say, you're being lied to America. Democratic socialism is is not what they have over in Sweden and takes the time and takes the platform from the Democratic Socialists and sends it to 12 Swedish or uh, or Norwegian economists and says, is this what you guys have? And they're like, oh, no, this is radical stuff. I mean, that's nuts. That's nuts. Who does that? Yeah. And I think there's a problem with incentives, right? We, as conservatives, we talk about this all the time. You can incentive. I mean, going back to when I listened to you know Rush Limbaugh in the '90s, and you'd say if you tax something, you're going to get less of it, right? That fundamental truth, I think, exists here. Yeah. In that, if what what we have people like Giancarlo who come out and say difficult things about Democrats, there's no incentive for him to do that. No. And the problem is usually. That not only do uh, his own party, his own party doesn't stand with him. They they reject him and say that, the, you know, he's selling out. And then uh, we have to make sure that we create those incentives, I think, on our side to say, you know what? Like, yeah, there's a sensible debate here. And while I might not disagree with him, the fact that he's disavowing socialism and the fact that and he's respecting yeah, rad- he's respecting the Constitution. Yes. You know, even if you disagree with him on the scope or the level of a certain tax or whatever you want to talk about, there's he's a valuable part of the conversation. People say, I, I thought, you know, I want to go back to the days when Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill could get together. Well, that's the kind of guy. That's Tip O'Neill. You can have that and still disagree and not be enemies with each other. You can still have that. But I, I'm anxious to see. Uh, look, just check his Twitter account. See if he's getting bashed yet for just even being on this program. And he's not a political guy. 
he's you know he's a he's a Latin American uh, I don't know studies guy or something I don't. Um, how's his how's his Twitter? I, I'm still getting there. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, this is what happens to people, though, right? Yeah, it, it, we become Twitter mobs. You can't have that conversation today. We had another dangerous conversation. We had um, uh, Gavin McGinnis on. Now, Gavin McGinnis is is right now. The Twitter mob has surrounded him and Twitter kicked him off permanently suspended because they say that he is advocating violence. Well, we had him on. I don't think he's advocating violence. Um, I don't agree with him on everything. I do think he's funny on many things. Um, but I think he's also wrong on a few things. I don't think he's a racist, but I don't know the guy's heart. Um, why can't we have why can't we have that conversation? Why why is it I can't get an honest democratic socialist to come on? Why is it when Giancarlo printed that in Quillette this weekend? If you read any of the people who are disagreeing, none of them are disagreeing with any of the facts. They're just name calling. Yeah, and we talked to, uh, I would say, a seemingly honest democratic socialist. We talked about having her on. She was on, She wrote a piece in Vox, I believe it was, mm-hmm. about what it means. And I think Giancarlo even mentioned the piece uh, about what it means to be a democratic socialist. What are the things they're talking about? And and straight out say, like, our goal is to end capitalism, period. And it's period. great. And, and it's, it's a great piece because it tells you exactly what they're trying to do. Correct. Now, we tried to book the author and it had no success there. Now, I don't think, like, my goal would not be to, like, have someone on, uh, such as her on the air and say, hey, you're a bad person. Look at, look at these never, terrible things you're we, suggesting. I will not invite you into my house and then knowingly set you up and treat you poorly. Yeah. And I, on want, it, I, 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 I applaud her for her seriously. honesty. Yeah. I, I, it's an important piece. It is. For someone to come out and say, yes, that's me. That's what I want. Like I have no, I have no aversion to say, "Hey, what I want is abortion to stop." My, right? Like I, 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 yes. I will. I support a bill that limits it to twenty weeks. Sure. Is that my goal? No. It's not. No, that's not my goal at all. I want it done. Period. And I'm happy to say it to you as many times as you want to ask me about it. And I'm happy to debate it. And I'm happy yeah. to remain civil. And it doesn't mean that I, I, you know, that you have to get to a point where you're yelling at each other. But you should be able to. The, the only people who are valuable in a debate, the, everyone else is 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 a giant zilch. The only people who are valuable are people who will actually say what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. The people that come on and try to make things sound a certain way to to navigate through whatever political waves of the day that happen to exist, those people aren't valuable in a debate. What do you learn from them? You learn that they have the, the acuity to move around a debate and avoid issues? I, I don't care about that. I, I'm not into your parlor trick. I'd rather have someone who's going to come in here and say, look, here is exactly what I think. Here's why I think it. Here's my backup. Here's my lack of backup. And you let you decide. And there's no reason you can't nobody, have that conversation with people you completely disagree. But nobody trusts people anymore. You're, you're, no, you don't trust people anymore. I, I, I have reason, we all do, to not trust the American people anymore. We have reason. But as Thomas Jefferson said, trust the American people. They will get it wrong, but eventually they'll get it right. And I, I mean, look, he may be right on that. He may not be right on that. I think eventually you, you are. 
I hope I so. I think eventually we are. I mean, but, it might be 80 years down the road mm-hmm. after some really painful lessons, but eventually we will get it right. But you trust the American people. Again, it's why we had Gavin on today. And I didn't need to take a stand on him one way or another. I asked him the questions I wanted to ask him. You heard the answer. I didn't need to win on that. Neither did he. No. Why can't we have those conversations now and and let you decide? Why can't why can't we have that? Well, and again, you're the one thing that you do agree with him on is that those conversations should be had in public. Yes. And that is uh yes. you, know, you should they we, should be we banned. shut these should, conversations yeah. down. Uh, and there's there's nothing left. If you shut these conversations down, you, there's you just there's just nothing left to uh, the republic. Might as well go burn a book. Um, by the way, real quick, did you see the uh, killer the killer whale, mom? The killer whale? You didn't see this? No. Yeah. So um, a killer whale had a baby calf, um, and uh, it died. And she carried it on it, on her back for 17 days. And she kept dropping him. She knew she it was dead. And she, apparently this whale was grieving and uh, carried it on her back for a thousand miles and made a journey. And then finally, you know, buried her, just let her go finally. It was the strangest thing. It happened over the weekend. It just ended, I think, yesterday. Uh, it's been going on for 17 days. It's it's amazing footage. Amazing footage. So what do you take from it? Uh, I mean, I grew up around orcas, you know, uh, and used to watch them, uh, you know, down down by the water. And we'd, we'd watch them come in and watch. Uh, they're, they're amazingly smart animals. Uh, and that, you know, this orca is is a lot like parents like you know other parents she had feelings for her her child and couldn't let her child go i i thought it was just really touching really Mm -hmm. amazing yeah that's uh either that or she knew the scientists wanted the baby because they want to find out she's she's the the population is diving wanted to know what killed the baby so maybe she knew i gotta go to a place where it's deeper so i can you know, let my child go and you guys aren't going to dig the body up and uh, do an autopsy. I don't, I don't <laughs> know, <lot>. yeah. <laughs> but uh, pretty amazing. I, I, it's a fascinating story. I'm, I'm, uh, there's a lot of these that happen these days, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, carrying dead babies around. No, I mean, I think I, there's a, there's a real love on the internet in particular. And this is something maybe I only see from my perspective, but yeah. there's a lot of love on the internet for these stories where animals do things that are, objectively human right in traits i think there's a bigger love for humans doing something when it's objectively human you know you don't see it very often (laughs) but you were like wow that person is being did you see the did you see the kid that um let the other kid with autism fill the you know do his basically do his job yeah (laughs) i mean it was it was really cool. So he was working at a store, right? And he was filling the, the the refrigerator with all the Pepsi and everything else. And this kid was watching him has autism. And he said, here, you want to try? And so the kid was, you know, just neatly stacking everything in there. The parents had to go crazy at this this moment of human kindness. I guess I, I, I go back to, you know, it's a good place to, to bring the show to. Everything we talked about today. 
if we just act more human or a better than human, forget the animal part, we can solve all of our differences. We can live together. We just have to recognize that each of us are different and special and and that we don't have a right to control the other person. And then we take your baby from the bottom of the ocean and we do an autopsy on it. That's how all stories should end. I think so. With babies from the bottom of the ocean having autopsies done on them. I think so. My Patriot Supply, uh, Wall Street Journal, has reported that Russian hackers are looking at our our utility control rooms. That's uh, not a big deal, right? No, No, I don't think so. No worries there. How about this one? New York Times, Russian hackers appear to shift focus to U.S. power grid. Did you see the Coates thing? Uh, Was it last week or the week before? Um, You know, he's director of what national intelligence mm-hmm. talking about about russia it, we get so caught up in this being a trump issue it's so frustrating it's got I, like we, we don't see it we have no reports there's no, there's been no investigation result right so we have nothing really to look at what we do have is these guys coming out and saying over and over again this is happening now with us as a nation not as a brother collusion that's a totally separate you can focus on that when the report comes out if you want but right now, Coates is saying this is a real threat going on right now, and they are—they've targeted our, our our power. They've targeted yeah, but no, uh, our no big election deal. systems. No big deal. That's not a big deal. No, uh, mm. no. Infrastructure cuts down. You're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Hey, listen. Just in case we're not, do you have enough food? <laughs> Emergency food supply. We want to tell you about mypatriotsupply.com right now. You can go to My Patriot Supply and get everything that you need. They have the water filtration system. They have the emergency food kits. So it doesn't matter. It could be a hurricane, could be a fire, could be a power grid collapse. It could be the orcas coming to get us. I'm just saying it could happen. Protect yourself and build your food storage now. My Patriot Supply will help you do it the easy way. MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. Welcome to it. Saw Miranda over the weekend. Uh, Miranda Live. Uh, Miranda Sings, of course, if you don't know who she is. Uh, I went with my daughter, which was fun to watch her uh she, was she into it uh yeah okay yeah 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 had to stand by the tour bus at the end too so yeah wow oh, you must have full, looked cool out oh there. i was really cool yeah. i was really cool uh so we had the full fan experience um and uh she's she's really funny the woman who plays miranda sings colleen something or other she was um uh, what's her name? Grande. Uh, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande's mm. a vocal coach, which I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know she could. I mean, because Ariana Grande. She can sing. Yeah. This woman who does Miranda Sings is wickedly talented. Um, but uh, she's good. Seeing ELO tonight, which is childhood dream. They better be good. Because <laughs> it's been, you know, 40 years in the making. So I'm expecting something special tonight. Expecting something special. Are you- are you hitting on them? What you, what's what's happening here? Is no, this a I just I've been, I've been a fan for forty years. It's uh, you know it's the payback. It's time for them to do something <laughs> special tonight. <laughs> See you at five Glenn on the blaze. Back, Mercury.